So welcome back to another episode of Minding My Own Mind. Today we have an amazing, amazing dating and relationship coach, Shani Farmer. And where are you from? <laughs> I am originally from Buffalo, New York, by the way of Orlando, Florida. Oh, DC is what I claim right now. All um, right, all right. Yeah. Great. So I'm going to allow Shani to introduce herself, and then we will get started with talking about relationships today. All right. So, hey, guys, I am Shani L., your relationship enthusiast. Um, I help ambitious women like you to be healed, healthy, and whole in each season of your relationship. So when I say each season, that is in your um, self-season, making sure that you're healed, healthy, and whole for yourself. Um, when you're ready to date, when you get to the commitment part, engagement, and in the beginning of your marriage. I'm, I'm still in the beginning. I hope I, I'm not really dealing with the people 10 plus right now. Um, but uh, and we do it through the power of your P. So power of your P is um, you understand in the perception of self first, um, the power of prayer or your higher spirit. Um um, understanding your ordained purpose and your divine right to pursue and be pursued. To pursue and be pursued. And we're not always just talking about relationships. It's you also pursuing your your desires, your goals, your dreams, the things that just make you you first. Um, it's what's in what's important. So yeah, those are my five pillars. And let's go ahead and get right into it. We not love here. Yes. So I really like this idea of your right to pursue and be pursued. Can yeah. you expand on that a bit? Yeah, um, I think it's important. So a lot of us, and I can speak for myself too, uh, have grown up in the space. I have grown up in a very traditional space where I believe where I believed that um, men should be the full pursuers. Like we just sit back like little damsels in distress sometimes and we allow them to make those decisions. And although um, two things can be true, although I understand that perspective, um, I do feel, especially in these days, that women have the right to choose as well. When we get into a space to allow men to always be the chooser, it makes us lazy. It makes us feel like we don't have a right to make our decisions, to express our dreams, to express our visions. And I feel like when we get ourselves in the pursuer space um, or the chooser space is what I like to call it, that we have a new level of confidence about ourselves. And it doesn't just happen in a dating space. You have an opportunity to carry that into your marriage. Because something that I do know, and I've talked to other married women about it, is that it can make you lazy in your marriage. If you are consistently only leaning on them um, in that dating space, then sometimes you'll carry that same energy into your marriage. And in marriage, you really need partnership. Both people have to show up 100%. So why not show up 100% in your dating space too? Um, and something I learned from a good friend of mine is it, even if you're like, oh, this sounds gringy. I don't know about this. What are you talking about me pursuing? Um, make a decision to think of it from a percentage standpoint. Like how much are you willing to put in um, just as much as the man is? Because they like it too. They want to be loved on. They want to know that they want to be affirmed. Um, they want to be supported in that way. And I think it's great for us to start that from the beginning of the journey. Mm -hmm. And so how would you recommend for someone to switch from that state of, they are used to being pursued and they don't necessarily change their initial interactions, but now they're trying to change the way the relationship balance is. 
How would you suggest for them to start making that switch? Uh, slowly, small gestures. Um, it's not something you have to rush into. First, you have to believe it. I mean, do some research on it. Try to understand that perspective. Maybe even ask yourself, what would happen? Like, what are the positive aspects of me making a decision to also be the chooser? To also maybe make the first phone call. We're so used to be like, oh, just wait for him to call. Well, what if you did call? What actually would happen if that did happen? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? But what's the best thing that can happen? So I would say small movements. And like the example I just gave, maybe when it comes to phone calls or maybe when it comes to, you know what? I'm just thinking about him right now. I didn't hear from him today. And usually we like to wait sometimes to see if they're going to reach out and what they're going to say. But maybe you make that first jump. And um, you don't know how he's going to perceive that. And if he actually is going to lean in more like, oh, wow, like she reached out and she and maybe even it's the comments that you make. Hey, I was just thinking about you and da da da, whatever it is. Um, I think that men can appreciate that and they'll also lean in differently. I'm not let me make it clear. I'm not telling you not to protect yourself. I think women need to be a bit more bold um in the dating space um and being okay with making the decisions that are best for them because it's even the opposite it's even making the decision to walk away when you need to walk away that's also being the chooser it's not yeah. just making a decision to stay and being the first person it's also hey i need to make a decision not to wait to see if he's gonna walk away from me i've been there i've done that i didn't want to make the first move so i allowed him to you be the chooser to decide this relationship actually isn't working for me. It's not aligning to my ultimate goal. So I need to choose to walk away. Mm -hmm. Love that. I don't like that. <laughs> and I love the the intentionality of it. And I love this way that you're choosing to be more a part of the situation as well, be more present in the relationship. Yeah. And I wanted to go a bit further because earlier we were chatting a bit before the interview. You also had this idea or this concept of when you're in the dating space, being more intentional about your dating and how it's not an actual job interview, but it could be approached in a similar ma uh, manner. So could you expand on that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I have, and it's still in development, but I do have paradigms that I call the business of dating for marriage. And I do believe that dating can be just like how we handle our business. So I'll say a couple of things. Let me see where I want to start. One, I do believe that women in the beginning of dating um, need to be able to balance their masculine and feminine energy. So masculine is, you know, focus, it's direct, it's like yes or no. Um, and I think that's beneficial for women because it actually does protect your heart. And it doesn't allow you to stay in situations longer than you need to. Specifically, when you're talking about dating with purpose, I'm not talking to the people, women or men who are dating because they're having fun. They're just learning to connect with other people. Maybe they're in a discovery season and they just want to discover themselves and see what they like and what they don't like. That's totally fine. As long as you have boundaries in that space, I tell everybody to do that. Like learn yourself in that space first. But if you've, you, you, are, you become solid, you set a vision for you, yourself, you know what you want, and you're dating for the intent of long-term relationship or marriage, um, then I think you, you have to learn how to scout people in and out or you're wasting your time. And so for women in particular, if you start putting on the same hat, because I said in the beginning, 
you know, I like to focus on ambitious, ambitious women. So that's usually women who have been in some type of corporate space. So we understand that lingo. We're going to put on that hat and say you are the um, the program interviewer, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're creating opportunities to interview people. The first thing we know that we, we have to do is we have to have qualifications in the beginning. We have to be very clear on what type of person we want to bring into our industry. You know, we have you know, they have to have this skill. They have to have this type of degree. They had to have this, whatever it may be. We're very clear about that. And then when you sit them down and you have these 10 people you're interviewing, you know what you're looking for. You know how to screen them in and screen them out. And emotions still come up. We're human. Of course, man, I really, really like that person. Like, you know, I really enjoyed them. Their smile was beautiful. They were charismatic. It just felt good when they were sitting in the interview room. But unfortunately, they're not a good fit for our long-term vision for this business, right? So we have to screen them out. And then you have the people that you screen in. It's the same idea when you are dating with purpose. You screen in and you screen out. And they may have traits that you love. Like I just said, man, he knew how to talk to me. He knows what to say. He gives me butterflies in my stomach. It feels so good. I feel so light. I feel all of these things. But is it a good fit for your long-term vision? You know, is he, whatever is on your your vision board, is he someone who's a leader? Was he able to, you know, establish that for you? Um, does he show respect? Does he believe in family? Maybe that's a part of your value systems. I didn't, I'm not sure if he believes in family. Um, you have to make sure it's just going to be a good fit. So um, you lean into that masculine energy. And then once you recognize like, okay, this is a safe space. I'm moving forward with this person. Let me increase maybe some more of the feminine side where I can be a lot more vulnerable and I can let go because he's he's gotten over that first hump. He got through the first and second interview. <laughs> nice. Can you talk about the the argument against that 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 might be too rigid? So I think that that's when you have to practice. I think there's a flow. I think that that information, I think what I'm discussing has to happen internally, but you can absolutely show something else externally. Um, I still think you need to have fun and enjoy yourself and be the best of who you are, whatever that means. You know, I like before we were talking about flirt, you know, flirting, flirting means something different for everyone. So whatever your best flirting idea is, do that. Enjoy the experience, enjoy the dates, you know, still do that. And you can find a way, you can still find a way to get your answers without being direct. So you're you're handling that masculine energy internally, but externally you're still showcasing like I'm fun and this still can be easy um, and I'm still learning this person. So it's all about your tone, about, how you're asking questions, how you're delivering yourself, but you know internally what you're doing. You don't necessarily have to show your card. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love this because it it's takes a lot more. Gotta learn it. It's a skill. Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> definitely a skill to practice. And yeah. I think even over time for myself, I've had to practice that as well with becoming more clear in what you want and not really keeping around things that don't match what you want. Yeah, it's not serving you. Exactly. Not using your time and space and energy for things that aren't matching because that's just holding you back. And it's also, in a way, a type of a coping mechanism of protecting yourself. Instead of allowing yourself to have what you want, you're consistently using the old thing to not 
have to be vulnerable anymore in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about dating intentionally and knowing what you want. For me personally, it's been a big thing recently for me to gain a lot of clarity, not only in my work life with the people that I'm also helping. It's very good to know long term what you want and short term. So how do you suggest for people to use clarity to their benefit when they are dating? Um, so I think it all starts with the vision. Um, and it's the word vision can be so ambiguous. So I kind of want to define like the difference between vision and even goal. Like a goal is something that's more short term and it's something that is specific in nature and you know you want to achieve it. So if somebody wants to lose weight, they're like, uh, my goal is to lose 20 pounds in 30 days. Extreme, but whatever. That's somebody's goal, right? Um, the vision of that is more of, I want to lose this 20 pounds because I want energy. I want to feel good. I want supple skin. I want to be able to run around with my children. What is your ultimate vision? And I think everything starts with a vision. Um, and matching with the right coach and matching with the right person that can help you through identifying what your desires are. Cause I kind of look at it, at it as like, a, um, what's those things called? An iceberg, you know, see an iceberg, you see the tip of it, but there's so much that's still left under the water. And that's kind of how a vision is. We have this like conscious vision that we can easily say off of our tongue, but most of us have deeper unconscious visions that go deeper in like your deeper dreams like if I ask you what do you want you might be like oh I want some ice cream I'm just using that as an example but what do you really want well I really want that luxury ice cream from such and such down the street that has sprinkles in the like the depth of it um is what we have to be able to explore um and get in touch with so that when we digest and start to break down our vision and that's vision in, and I always say this, I start with vision first before you start with vision with the man that you want. Because if you don't know your vision, you are doomed to fall into somebody else's wants and desires for you, belief systems. And eventually it's going to show its head and you're going to become resentful. So it's just important to identify it because I think it allows you to have a lot of confidence, a lot of clarity, um, to be able to make decisions that will benefit you long term. Um, and so I think that's where you have to start. And once you understand who you are spiritually, physically, emotionally, what you want financially, what do you want your lifestyle to be like? What do you want fun to look like? All of it, like touch everything. Get in touch with your senses. What do you want it to smell like? What do you want it to feel like? What do you want it to taste like? When you're able to do that, um, when it's time to really get out there to start dating, uh, you can be more clear again about who you keep in your space and who you take out and, and how you create your experience around dating. Dating can be fun. It can be a beautiful journey. It's not something that has to be always hurtful and something that's always painful but to keep yourself away from always getting hurt from feeling rejected from feeling disappointed you have to understand your vision first so you can know how to move into that space absolutely so <laughs> good so good i agree with everything so as you know i'm helping with long-term futures as well and one thing you said there with 
when you have clear when you don't have clarity on your own vision you're due to fall into someone else's and be resentful and this is how i see it as a whole for your whole life if you are not clear on where you're wanting to go in relationships in your career what does your legacy look like what does your final days look like then you are going to do what everyone has told you you already probably feel resentful and then you're the one that was responsible for that. So then you're going to be pulling yourself out of it. But that also gives you the power. That gives you the power to choose. And that's what you're talking about here is having that power to choose. And so oh, I would love if you had any fun examples or stories from clients that would exemplify when clarity was something that was very important to them, even when the situation seemed almost good. Um, Let's see. I do. I do. Um, I have a client. Oh my gosh. She's so amazing. I remember when we first started on our journey together, she met this guy um, and she was into him physically. He gave her the butterflies and just made her feel like she couldn't breathe. And all those feelings feel great. Um, but you lead with that when you don't know who you are and when you haven't identified those values and those visions, you allow yourself to lead with that and a lot of times it leads into destruction. I'm sure we've all been there. I can tell my own testimony about those levels of destruction. But I asked her, um, because it wasn't someone that she was dating, that in the season while she was working with me, if she could just clear her agenda from dating because I wanted her to be able to experience the best of who she is and to be able to identify a long-term partner um, that genuinely fit with her, not because of her hormones, in her heart, but also her head, because usually we we lead with the hormones and we 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 identify it as love, and it's not that. And so, as I continued to work with her, and we started to break down what was really important in her, I saw her confidence coming out. I saw her articulating herself differently, and now, and she was able because they had gotten on the phone with each other, and he said some things to her that she just that didn't align to who she was. Um, and that did not, um, she began to tap into her worthiness. So when she was on the phone with him, she was able to identify before she couldn't identify it because it was just all hormonal. She was able to identify the things he is saying to me does not connect to my worthiness. And so I don't need to pursue this. It didn't change the excitement of his looks, but it changed the deeper values of what she knows, knew that she wanted. So um, she made a conscious decision to step away from that situation. And we actually just talked about it two days ago. She literally ran into him. And because of the program and because we talked about her vision and her worthiness, um, the old her would have picked up the phone and tried to call him because she got excited again. The new her, because she knew who she was and what she wanted and what her fit was going to be, did not pick up that phone. That is huge. <laughs> like, yeah. it sounds small. But it says so much about your growth and your capabilities and, and, and your decision to be a chooser and your decision, like you said, not to continue to have people in your space that's taking up your time. That's not only not worthy of your time. And you can't make those decisions until you do the work, until you know your vision and who you are and your capabilities. So that was a win. That was yes. And we celebrate it. So. Absolutely. I think it's also so important to look at the fact that if she kept entertaining him, because I always say you have to make space for what is right. 
if she yeah. keeps entertaining someone who's not for her and she goes back to her old ways after doing so much progress, then she's not allowing the space for the right person to come in. And by having that clarity, you can see when they're the right person or, oh, this was a nice interview, but this isn't the fit. This, <laughs> this is, is this is round two was good, but round three is not coming back for you. Don't cut it. <laughs> you don't fit our vision. You're not fitting my mission and my vision. <laughs> yes. And so going back to something you had mentioned earlier and aligning it with this, you're also talking about the masculine feminine and also like women in corporate where we have to be in our masculine energy so much at work. How would you suggest that these women navigate balancing their energies in the dating scene as we come upon times of people are putting so much focus on submission, people are putting so much focus on what is the feminine, what does that actually mean? How would you suggest that these women navigate that while staying in alignment with who they are? I think you just have to be clear about um, you have to have a practice of transition. Um, so I know women, and I can even speak for myself in my home. My husband can tell when I'm in my masculine and when I'm in my feminine. And it, it when he first experienced, he was like, that's a lot. Like, it's a lot. But I know I know what I have to cut on to be in that masculine, to be productive and get the things done that I need to get done. And I am different. I'm very direct. I'm very matter of fact. Um, but I had to come up with a practice to transition out. So when I log off of that computer, what are some things that I can do to kind of just even soften, soften my space? You know, first thing, and I'm, I'm sure we talk about this in the wellness space, and that's the breath work that you do to start to transition out of that space. And then anything that you consider feminine and self-care like that can bring you down. So for me, I like, I like candles to keep me in my feminine space. It sounds simple, but the smell of these things, I'm like, it smells like Victoria's Secret because it is a Victoria's Secret one, but <laughs> be in my feminine space where I'm like, oh, that just smells good. And it just makes me want to be soft and sexy. Mm -hmm. um, something else that I do, my transition is taking showers and putting on things that smell good. And I know this is like external things, but it just works for me. Um, and... I, what else do I do? Cause I'm talking about very personal things for myself to help me transition into my um, feminist space. When my husband gets home, I usually put on something that makes me feel very soft and feminine. And my conversation with him changes. I come out of this like direct voice and I, I genuinely try to soften my voice and hey, babe. And so I think when you're in your dating space and I know that it's that balance when you're literally say on a date, what does my masculine and feminine look like in that space? One, you need to identify what your strengths are of masculine and what your strengths are of feminine, what naturally comes out for you. And then while you're on that date, being able mm, to showcase it. Like to me, if we're talking from this, um, if I'm getting very specific and I'm talking about balancing masculine and feminine on the date, the masculine is happening internally but you're still showing the feminine. So how do you transition to that? When you're at home getting dressed, Michelle, what makes you feel feminine? Genuinely. What makes you feel feminine? to soft music. All right. So putting on my makeup. <laughs> and putting on your makeup. So right before your date, that's what you're doing. You're putting on your makeup. You're listening to your music. You're vibing. You're moving your body to keep yourself in that soft space. Um, and so you move into that when you go on to the date. But you're listening intently to what this person is saying and telling yourself, because we do have to coach ourselves. 
Remember what your ultimate goal is. Remember what your vision is because you also don't want to get too caught up in the moment that you allow, that you get confused with your hormones in your head. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, this, and I think this conversation can go so much deeper because something I think that women do is that we try to make our values and our belief fit because somebody feels good to us because it feels good and it's great that it feels good but does it fit good mm-hmm. and we start to compromise ourselves and find a way to trick ourselves and believe it and trick ourselves and fitting our values and our belief into something that really doesn't fit it's like when people uh make the you're making up a story or you're making up a version of the other person because yeah. you want it to match with who you yeah. are and going along with that, something you were saying about like, you need to know these things in your head by working on yourself a lot prior to a date in just your regular life. I know you also have a self-love program, but a, ma- a major focus on self-love is because when you're clear, as we're bringing up clarity again, when you're clear on who you are, what your values are, what you're looking for, then you don't have to be fully in that thinking aggressively because you'll know you don't have turning on your feminine doesn't mean you're turning off your brain it just means that you're able to be and when you are being if you have already established what your standards are what your boundaries are what your expectations are in that zone you can still be in your feminine and be like this isn't the one for me yes yes but like you say that's the knowing of self and doing the one right and it's not always easy. I also find that you have to give yourself grace. Like if this is a new principle, if it's a new concept in a way about dating, it, it may not work the first, second, third, fourth time. Like mm-hmm. it's okay. Like give yourself the space. I really do believe in um, what I would call like love journals or dating journals specifically for your dating experience. And so if you go on a date, you can, um, when you come home, it's time to like kind of dissect that. What did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? What do you want to take forward? Like literally write your experience in that. So like 30 days later, you can go back to see your your level of progression. So I also think that it's one thing in principle to believe something. It's another thing to start acting it out. And that's when grace of self has to come into play. Like it's not going to be perfect in the beginning. You're a human being. This is something new try it out you know um and be okay if it doesn't work be okay go back to some old ways like okay what do i need to do who do i need what's my support system who do i have in my community that i can lean on to to re-encourage me or to help me get back whether it's a coach whether it's a best friend whoever it is make sure you have your community that's going to help you through this too because um it's a journey it doesn't happen overnight you don't become overnight um your new ways and your new goals don't happen immediately you will fall and falter but as long as you're getting back up that's all that matters so absolutely and also having that support system i think that just matters in all aspects of your life but especially in dating and know who you are getting advice from and who is telling you things that who are the birds in your ear being very conscious of that will also assist you in your dating stages yeah and not getting caught honestly and also (laughs) Not and it's a gift and a curse. We absolutely love social media. We run our businesses on social media, but please be careful of some of these toxic situations and conversations that's having 
that's being had on social media. And I'm specifically talking about relationships. Of course, that's what I follow. That's what I see. That's what my algorithm shows. And some of these things are just so unhealthy. So that goes back to the knowing of self. Question it all. Question your beliefs. We were having a conversation before this. You know, traditionally speaking, men should be more of the pursuers. Where do we get that belief from? Where is that coming from? And I'm not saying it's wrong, but can we challenge it? What do we want it to look like? God damn it, today I want to reach out and I want to say so. Yep. <laughs> this person on social media told me not to. They told me I need to write five days and on the fifth day, then I make the decision. To yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm like, so don't do it. Why do I have their number if I can't use it? <laughs> exactly. Like, don't do it. And if you do do it and it doesn't work, put it in your part, you know, put it in your jar and say, all right, this ain't working. I'm going to try something different next time. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> I think one thing we were chatting about earlier as well, also talking about that not waiting, being so intentional and just like more proactive has been so much better for me. And I know you were chatting about it earlier with, okay, I have their number. I have this thing. Why not just express exactly what I want instead of being confused? Like one of the best blessings I've gotten with working with you and just on my own was also thinking about if I'm confused about something, I know some people will say, if you're confused, then that's an answer. But if I just want an answer, a very clear, direct from the horse's mouth answer, I think it's so much better to just go ask your question. The question. <laughs> yeah. Very, being much more intentional on that. What would you say is off the top of your head one of the most toxic dating advice things that you see oh. on a regular basis? Rapid <laughs> layout. <laughs> Since we're gonna go on social media. Wow. What is the most toxic? I I'll have to think about that, but something that does come up for me is is the fight. And I'm specifically speaking, I can't speak for everybody in the African American community that I see with men and women just hitting just just bumping heads. Like I feel like we're at war with each other as men and women and not in love with finding love with each other I find so much of what well, he should have did that like someone may make a video and say top five things um women should do to support their man in xyz and then in the comments well, well what about what he should be doing what he should be doing da, 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 da. like it's a constant battle mm -hmm. instead of us just making decision to figure out to to, to lean in to self-love you know well Something I say is we have to learn to walk in love and not fall in love. So if you're walking in love, you're showing a level of compassion. You're trying to show a level of understanding. You want to know, you genuinely want to know what the opposite sex desires and needs deeper than the surface things that we talk about. Like, what is that deeper love? Like, why do they need that? You know, why does she need affirmations? And what is the problem with me being able to give that? So I, I think... If I'm speaking broadly, that has been the most toxic thing that I've seen is this war between men and women and what who's supposed to be doing what. Well, let's talk about the ultimate goal. What is the ultimate goal? Our ultimate goal, we all want to be loved. We all want to be supported. We all want to be protected. We all want some levels of nurturing. And so I just think the conversation has to change. And I think everybody needs to listen. Everybody needs to start listening. Yeah. 
taking more accountability and responsibility yeah. instead of it being a they need to they need to well, if you set your standard there and you communicate it then you won't need to sit here arguing on instagram about what someone else needs to do we- yeah, that's not what the post was about either and it yeah right and that everybody's relationship will look different again that's why you need to understand your vision and what you want but like in my house my husband washes all the clothes he just do it started because he works out every day and he was putting loads in and it's just become what it is and it's not quote unquote traditional um but it works for us so everybody and in some homes you know the woman is the one who runs the finances because maybe she's just better with it maybe she majored in accounting and she's better so she handles the finances so i also think we have to be careful about these absolutes nothing in relationships in particular is absolute relationships is a soft science it's not a hard science it's not always one plus one equals two it's not so taking the mindset that this is a soft science you know i have to talk to this person we have to understand each other we have to dance with each other to kind of figure out what's going to work for us that's okay like if you try to keep yourself in this like it must be this way you're going to be stressed the hell out (laughs) (laughs) Was your how would you address because you talking about that makes me think about you said the word traditional and in my mind it immediately goes to oh all the pressures of women to do all these things and for the men to also be in a certain way how do you suggest people begin to combat those things when it comes to dating in the modern world and having the right mindset how again knowing what you ultimately desire and just genuinely having the conversation. I think we need to start. Well, I think also what should happen is having an open mindset when you're dating and trying to really figure out where people are coming from and why they feel or think the way that they do so that we can have less judgment and a better understanding. Um, Because it may have came from family. It may have actually been something something that traumatic happened to them So they need to work through some of those traumas and maybe then it will adjust. Um, I know, for instance, I know with um, Ben and I, we did practice um, celibacy for me because I went into my, we get into my story. After my my dating experience, after one of my most terrible relationships in 2013, I changed how I started dating. That's how I got on this journey. Um, I went through a lot of purging. um, and one thing that was important to me was to be abstinent because sex was just clouding my judgment. Like good sex meant love to me. I connected the two and I didn't know how to walk away from it. And it was extremely destructive for me. And so I had to cleanse my palate basically. Um, so I set that boundary of abstinence for a bit. So when I met Ben, um, I was in a celibate space and I told him that, but I explained it to him. I educated, I didn't do this whole well, I'm not having sex and either you with it or you're not. Like I didn't get, you know, and and because it didn't give him space to understand me. So I'm like, I'm celibate and these are the reasons. This is why I made the decision and this is why it's important to me. And these are the benefits for me. I leave that to you to decide how you want to run with that. And he did. And he was intrigued because he said he never met a woman one that was in that space and then that was able to explain it so it was more of an intrigue for him and he was like I want to take this journey with you yeah why not let's see and I think it had a lot to do with my ability to be vulnerable and explain myself and why it was important why it happened 
and then why it was important for me to continue to do it. And so he saw my vision. He saw my vision. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love this. I love this. Um, one, I just think there's so much to setting that boundary and just being clear. And I'm really big on open communication. But the quote of the day was, you gave him space to understand you. And I think that is so powerful because it's like you said, there's so many people who are like, this is just the way I am. This is just the way I am. And yes, I am a full supporter of your boundaries or your boundaries. You don't have to explain yourself. However, if you're trying to progress with someone, if you're trying to communicate with someone, you have to decide whether you're going to give them that space to understand you. And by cutting them off too soon or saying it in an attitude way of they should just know, then it progresses nothing on either side. But allowing them that space, they also gain a new level of respect for you or they exit stage left and you are just like, that's not the person for me. Yeah, Michelle, that happened to me. Let me be very clear. Before I met Ben, I was dating. I was dating some fine men. I mean, it, it was. A, <laughs> I, I didn't have an issue with getting men around. The issue was our our mission, our visions for our lives did not match. I got um, rejected many a times. When I started to shift that and I started to have those conversations with men about wanting to be abstinent, there were many men, a couple of things happened. They either walked away and was like, you crazy, I'm not a part of this, or they tried to challenge me. I can get her to change her mind. Mm -hmm. So that happened too. And then you have the men who were intrigued by it. Ben wasn't the first one intrigued by it, but he was the one I wanted to stick with to move forward. So you got the men who are going to throw you away because they're not for it. Well, not throw you away. That's not a good word. They're going to make a decision that's not for them. And that's fine. You know, it's learning how to process that and learning that this journey doesn't always feel good because I had many long nights making a decision to elevate my standards and what was important to me left me with many lonely nights. (laughs) But I was okay with it because I I had a North Star. I knew what I was going towards. Um, so, and it just made me stronger because if you tell me, no, that means you're really not trying to get to know me. Like to me, it gave me confidence. Oh, you can't accept this boundary or this value. Well, you're not really here for me. You're not here for me. And so that means you, you know, we we need to move on. We need to do something different. So I don't know where we're going with that. I don't know. Well, that was great. You're giving (laughs) them the space because you were basically setting the standard and then they... Yeah. You're deciding to exit. And yeah. you have to be the same way. You have to date people and then see, okay, they set this standard. Hopefully they have standards. And you're like, actually, that doesn't work for me. Thank you for your time. Have a nice day. Yeah. And the quicker you can do that, the quicker you can make space for the people who do want to understand you and fill in it. Absolutely. And not hold on. Like, um, also understanding. I have this book. You may have read it. I haven't read it yet, but I hear it's really good because I have it. The attachment. Like, learning to you know, we all have these attachment styles and maybe even understanding your attachment style so you can learn how to maneuver through your attachment styles because a lot we don't always like to let go. We we don't like that. It doesn't feel good to us. Um, but if you can learn how to let go because there's a purposeful reason, um, I think that could be beneficial too. So yeah. there are learning and unlearning in these spaces too. Yeah, this is life now. We're just yeah. on the, our life is consistently unlearning and learning, unlearning and learning, but it keeps getting better. It is also a skill. It's also a habit that you can form to continue to grow at a exponential yeah. rate. And not giving up on yourself. You, it may not work immediately. Well, no, no. 
it's working. The entire person is, the entire process is working for your good. But it may not the result immediately. Yes. It may not look like you want it to look and it may hurt a little bit. I always, I like using a map. Like if you went from Boston to California, you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm in Boston. That's my starting point. And I want to get to California. There's many ways to get there. Um, um, that's your North Star. And on that journey, you're going to run into so many different things, good and bad. You know, you're going to meet new people, which is going to be exciting. You're going to learn new things about yourself. But then you might have a day where you're walking on this journey and it's raining terribly and you're exhausted and you're tired and you're like, this is all terrible. What am I doing? <laughs> but that doesn't mean you don't keep trucking to get to California. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the healing journey and the dating journey and the journey of life. It's all ups and downs. But as I've said before, if you're going to have, you're always going to have problems. Like life is a problem, but you can choose if you're going to have better problems. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You can choose if you're going to have problems with some bozo who won't call you back, or you can choose if you're going to have problems with how to organize your money with your husband. Yeah. You can choose which ones are going to be more worth it to go through. Yeah. Yeah. We get to create our experiences and change our perspective of what that experience looks like. Exactly. Yes. So let's go through clarity. We've gone through dating a little bit. Now let's talk about a little bit of online dating. Oh, goodness. Online dating. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a little bit of information. What are your top tips for the online space? Oh, man. Um, So I'll be honest. I... Um, and I'm not a online dating coach, but I do have tips for that. Um, I do know of online dating coaches who they, they, that is their niche and specific it's on. Um, and I try to, uh, collaborate with those people, but I would say a couple of things with online dating. I have a couple of girlfriends going through it and I have some girlfriends who are having an amazing experience because of their mindset about it. And some women who are just not because they're just taking it extremely serious. First and foremost, I think. Before you even get to that space, like venues and online dating, you need to know if you're dating for commitment or if you're in a space that you're dating to just have fun, because I think that determines which site you should go on. Um, So understand where you are. Neither one of them are wrong. You just need to know. Um, So once you identify that, then you start searching for sites that align to maybe who you are and where you are in life. Um, so I know my girlfriend is on a site that I've never heard of before. And it, it was, it's great, but it's for like black entrepreneurs or like black business people in very specific. Nice. Yeah. 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 There's some that's very specific. So I think that could be helpful when you're actually on the site. Just don't get tied to something. Um, be clear in your description, be very clear about what you want. It, and, and I think it gives you examples. Like, are you looking for a committed relationship? Are you looking to have a good time? Whatever it is, be very clear. Show different personalities about self. Like, make sure your pictures are a variety. Um, and especially a variety of the things that you know you really love. Like, if you're into working out, show pictures of maybe you working out. If, you know, um, family's big, show a picture of you and your family. Whatever you're into, I think it's important to do that. Um, and I still take the same principles of screening and sorting into that space. It's okay as a woman to also reach out and slip into somebody's DM. Do it. Be the chooser. It's fine. It's not hurting anyone. It's light. It's easy. Something else that I say to do, whether you're online or not, 
is keep the dates light in the beginning so you don't feel so tied to it. Maybe just go on a coffee date. This goes back to this mindset that happens online sometimes where it's like, he didn't take me to a fancy restaurant. He didn't pick me up from da 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 You don't need that in the beginning. You don't, you, you can get there. But in the beginning, when you're really trying to like sort and decide, go on a coffee date. It is okay. Yeah. It's light. It's easy. You're only, you're only there for maybe an hour, maybe with each other. And you can make decisions if you really want a second one versus trying to do this extravagant. He blew my mind. You don't have to be in that space. It could come later. Yeah, I agree with that. When I was, uh, when I was online dating, I actually preferred coffee dates. Yeah. It's, it, um, I always said one, there's less money involved too. There's soberness. So you can clearly see if you like them or not. And you can always extend a coffee date, but it's harder to extend going out for, or harder to stop going out for drinks. Yeah. Um, there's always the implication that there'll be another drink and also alcohol's clouding your vision. It, yes, it does. It does. Um, have a puppy. Adult. I know your butt. Starting to get a little uneasy. Yeah, but continue. Um, what are some other online dating? Um, I would something. So something I plan on putting into my program that I think would be just fun is do a branding photo shoot. So you can use it for your online dating and you can make it a lifestyle branding photo shoot. Like get yourself dressed up, get you a makeup artist and do a photo shoot for yourself for your dating space. Why not? You know, make it fun. Um, I think we need to do that. And I also think that um, we just have to stop being tied so quickly to people. Oh, and catfishers are a big deal. Make sure you're FaceTiming pretty early on because those catfish are real. I had a girlfriend who went through that recently and, and she had been talking to the guy for a couple weeks and she was like, he's amazing. He's this, he's that. Until she realized that it was a catfish. Um, it was bad. I was like, oh my goodness. So make sure a year early on that person is who they say they are. Be very clear with that too. Um, those are some of my initial thoughts. Mm -hmm. How would you suggest for women to find men or find men for dating situations to occur outside of the online dating space? So I think um, there are multiple ways. Oh, that's so many, so many conversations around that. I think um, going back to your vision, if you know, like aligning with your purpose. So let's just say a part of your purpose, you know, some activities uh, you want to do is that, I don't know, you want to give back to the community in some type of way. Um, setting yourself up, up at with community events that align to your purpose, because at least if it's aligned, if it's your purpose, then somebody else believe it's there and you might have more in common very quickly. Um, so I think it's important to do that. I really do think that people should get family and friends more involved. And when I say that from maybe family and friends that you trust, whether it's you see a re their relationship and you admire their relationship. I'm not saying you have to know everything about it, but there's something about their relationship that you admire. You don't know who they know, like letting them know I am actively dating um, I'm looking for a partner, being vulnerable enough. And if you know anyone, can you keep your eyes open? Um, because they'll be screening and sorting for you. Again, not saying it has to work, but the percentage can be higher if you're meeting people through friends and family. Um, so I think it's really good to get people involved that way. Um, the, oh, and I'm forgetting the name. We I, I actually scored a certain way, but 
of course, the bars and all of that, there could be a whole strategy with meeting people at, at the bar or at those type of events. And that's something that I discuss in my program about how to go about that and what that looks like. Um, um, but the a big one is aligning yourself to things or aligning yourself to what you want out of a partner. So let's just say one of your wants, because it's not a requirement and it's not necessarily a need, is like, I like engineers. I want an engineer. So then sign up for engineering events or go to an engineering conference. Like put yourself in the space where these people may be. Like understand how those people may think or their social space and start connecting yourself in these in these spaces and start going. So um, I think a part of all of this is you, if you don't know how to, learning how to effectively communicate, knowing how to socialize, because everyone doesn't like to be in those type of spaces, um, but it, and knowing how to have certain conversations with the opposite sex so you can screen them in and screen them out. And again, I have those conversations when we're in depth in my program. <laughs> Beautiful. What would you say are three things? We'll go with women here, uh, since we're both women and there's a lot of women listeners. What would you say are three things women often do wrong when it comes to initial contacts and when they are searching for dating? What do they do wrong? They get too invested too soon. That's a big one. Um, I think we just get caught up. Are we just naturally nurturers and emotional and we, and we desire we desire to be connected. So I would really want to see women slow down in their emotional connection. Um, that's one thing I think that we need to work on. Um, I think the idea of wanting to wait for them to immediately come to you, even if you're not in a space that you desire to be the first person to approach, give them gestures that you're interested. I don't care if it's a, a certain eye contact that you make with them. You can literally walk by and drop something at their foot even if they know that you did it on purpose, that's what creates the experience. They'll laugh about it. They'll pay, if they're a gentleman, they're going to pick it up. They're going to give it to you. That's when you introduce yourself. You know, you laugh about it and it kind of make light of it. I think that's a great introduction. So I think women um, get too caught up in that he needs to come to me and we don't create the space and opportunity for them to. Because let's just be honest, too. We've gotten, especially with the pandemic um, and even more with us not communi communicating face-to-face -face and having face-to-face -face conversations, men are just as nervous as women are when it comes to approaching nowadays. It's shifted from how it's been back in the day. And I think that's when that giving each other grace has to come into place. It's not like when our parents and during that time where the men, whether they got rejected or not, they were doing immediate approaching. They knew what to say. They had their lines down. It doesn't happen that way anymore because we're so secluded and sometimes isolated. And because we were isolated during the pandemic, people don't know how to communicate as effectively as they used to. And I think the same thing happens with men, you know? Mm -hmm. So stop putting so much pressure on them. Like, relax, give them the space to do it, even if you are the one that doesn't want to do the first pursuit by the opportunity to allow them to pursue. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. That's the second one. I, don't, I can't think of a third one right now. <laughs> no, no it's, a, it's a really, it's a really good one. It makes me think about the flirting thing I was talking about earlier, where yeah. like, if you're not um, doing it all the time and you're not, per, I don't know if the word's pursuing, but if you're not opening that space and giving them some signals, 
then there's no reason they would not be just as nervous as you. And now they have a role in your mind and that society has placed upon them that like, hey, you're supposed to do this now. Yeah. Go figure it out. So like, we've been more kind in those With Ben and I, so with Ben and I, <laughs> so how it all happened? One, we did meet through an equal friend. So that was helpful. That goes to the conversation I was having about friends and family, knowing what you're ready for. Um, we met at his brother's birthday party. My girlfriend told him I was interested in him. I never said that. And then he came back and told me that he was interested in me. He never said that. She just knew what we both wanted, which was important. So she was like, this might actually work. We did dance on the dance floor. He did not approach me immediately. I was leaning against the table. Beyonce was coming on, like cater to you or something like that. I start dancing and I did one of these. And he was literally dancing with another woman. But he was looking at me. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I have never done it. Over and he came. And he came over. I gave him an opportunity and he asked me for my number. So we both were a part of that experience. I didn't leave it all up to him like, oh, he dancing with another girl. Oh, well, I'm gonna turn this way. No, I sat back, I watched, and when we caught eyes, I gestured him to come over. And he did. And he Took whatever and here, and he asked you to make it. I love it. I love it. Yes. So being bold, being fun, enjoying it, just enjoy it too. Yeah. 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 Have fun. Yeah. He's not invested yet, but you're not invested yet. Having that state of vulnerability allows you to like, okay, if you gestured him and he didn't come over, would it ruin your night? What? Only if you choose that it ruins your night. Exactly. Or you just move on to the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> there are many. There were many. <laughs> there were. I actually gave my number out a couple times that night. He knows that. He knows that. And we he got a, <laughs> really data collection. Yes. Brother Dangs about data. <laughs> yes. Okay. Great. Great. Okay, so one question I always ask everyone towards the end is, what is something, and I guess this is a bit different for you now, but let's see. What is something that you preach, but you find it hard to practice? Ooh. Ooh. That's really good. Um, I want to do a simple one. It's cute and flirty and girly, but it's simple, but it's, I, I believe in it. Um, I preach about making sure you're dressing in a way that really makes you feel good all the time mm -hmm. your future self me of you talked about that you talked yeah. about i'm dressing like the future michelle and i totally believe in that concept and i preach that concept i don't always do it i work from home full time i'm home alone so putting on a pair of sweats and or not <laughs> yeah. sure. and walking around the house it's easy to do, um, but when I do dress up, I can feel the difference in my in how I show up for myself, the things I want to do, even if I want to show up on social media or not, it changes. And one more thing that I preach that I don't always do, but I am really working on it, is the matching penny and bra set. Listen. <laughs> I wish I didn't understand okay. so much, but I do. <laughs> 
I love me a good matching and fanny broth that I feel so beautiful and so sexy when I just cheer on. Feeling so much. Everything. Here's the puppy. But I don't do it all the time. So. Oh. <laughs> I I wish I didn't agree so much. <laughs> I felt that one. Yeah, something. I'm like, should I get off this call and go into Zalando and order something? <laughs> Just add a few things to the cart for the next sale. Yes, (laughs) always a win. So absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a good conversation. We'll definitely have you back. Uh, Could you please let the listeners know how to find you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Shawnee L, the relationship enthusiast. That's really long. So hopefully Michelle will have it in the show notes. Um, um, I don't, my Facebook is private, so you can actually join my Facebook group. Um, uh, but it is a private one It's the Miss to Mrs. Experience. Um, so those are the two ways that if you want to email me is info at shawneeelfarmer.com. Yeah. Great. I'll put the link to the Facebook okay. group as well. All the links will be in the show notes. So we've okay. Got notes. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day and all the listeners have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.